0: Hello everybody, welcome to edition three of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and joining me to review all the action in all three senior men's divisions and the grading of the senior women's from the weekend is Josh Ward. Plus, we speak to Reservoir senior men's coach Justin George following their historical victory over Lailor in round two. Josh, great to be with you again after... Another great round of football across all the divisions. Some, some very close
1: games, some more upsets to follow and the season is slowly beginning to take shape. It is definitely um, great to be alongside you, Nick. And yeah, it was uh, it was an exciting round of action indeed. Uh, filled with plenty of games. Uh, I, I wish I was out at the Battle of the Bears as well <laughs> this weekend. That seemed like a lot of fun. But yeah, can't wait to delve a bit deeper into the into the past weekend of action. Yeah, we'll talk
0: about that great game that it was over at Beverly Road Oval but we'll begin with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 because there are a couple of surprising results Mm -hmm. to talk about and the first one was uh, between Whittlesey and West Preston Lakeside and it was the Eagles that got the huge upset win over the reigning premiers. an 8 point victory they led 35 to 1 in the first term and they just never looked back from there even when they were challenged late by the Roosters um, they were still able to hold them off with a fantastic victory and we saw West Preston Lakeside in in round one and we thought they were going to be unbeatable the way they dismantled Bundura in that second half they just you know they just looked like they were going to be another dominant force throughout the campaign and then they get to round two they're still at home they haven't moved anywhere and they go down to a Whittlesey side that have struggled in this division in the last couple of years a fantastic
1: effort from Blair Harvey's men and it really sets them up for the campaign this year definitely does and it, and the thing is as well what makes this win even more impressive West Preston Lakeside you know they game back Nathan Valadares Max Strera, all those players who missed out on the previous week but Whittlesey, they had no Jared Waite Jer- Jaron Murphy Luke Duffy I don't think Paul Higgins was playing despite the fact he was listed and Cam Wild as well they all, all those Guys missed out. They did get Zach Malloy back, who was. It looked like he played up forward, but that makes the win even more impressive for Whittlesey, given how much they were missing. They were pretty. They were pretty young too, t- and. Um, yeah, it's it's a great win for Whittlesea, and it just shows that Melbourne Greyhounds Division One is such a tight competition. It's always you're always going to be in for a challenge each week. And yeah, West Preston they were definitely they were definitely challenged this week and went down to went down to a young but uh, but pretty decent Whittlesea side. It was great to see so many
0: Whittlesey players stand up. It was Mitchell Andrews' 50th Whittlesey game, and yeah. he had a fantastic performance. And you know, the, the, despite the fact that a lot of those players you listed didn't play, there was still some great talent in that team that stood up. Blake Watson played for Whittlesey, and you mentioned Zach Malloy as well. Curtis Brown, in his second game yeah. for Whittlesey, had a fantastic showing as well. So it was really good to see those players stand up, and, and a fantastic result for the Eagles. That that hopefully sets them up for a bit of momentum coming in the few next few weeks. The other upset in that division, of course, was Hurstbridge defeating Greensboro. That's a huge result, considering the fact that, similar to Whittlesey in the sense that, Hurstbridge have had a lot of struggles. They had a pretty disappointing performance against Heidelberg in round one, and they weren't coming into this game against Greensboro with a lot of positivity. But in saying that, They really put it out on the park, and again, when they were challenged, they stood up and they were able to get a nice victory. Sonny Brazier, who kicked three on the day, he put them up with 40 seconds to go, and that ended up being the match winner, which was very exciting for Hurstbridge, and I guess in a similar way to what we were speaking about with Whittlesey, um, a fantastic performance that you know gives them
1: a great confidence booster early in the season. Yeah, it does, and again, it just shows how tight this tight this competition is. And yeah, it was a, an unbelievable an unbelievable win coming off such a such a rough loss out at Warringal out at Waringal Park 2 against, mind you, a pretty decent Heidelberg side. But yeah, Sunny Brazier, yeah, what a, what a match. Uh, and Matt, he he comfortably slotted, slotted the set shot ice in his veins uh, from what I saw and then the borough they did have they did have a chance towards the end there but Mitch Hymas he, come, he came up with the intercept mark and that was a bit that was a big intercept mark because because the borough had players up up forward and they probably would have had the chance to, to, to seal the game but yeah it's um it's a ter- it's a terrific win for Hurstbridge. I'm so happy that they they got the win. They were down at every break as well. It was a similar story to when they played Greensboro last time, down at every break at War Memorial Park. Then the borough just ran away, but they didn't. But they didn't concede the massive goal run in that final quarter and kept up with them and yeah got the got a thoroughly deserved win same scoring shots as well It was
0: just the one difference (laughs) that ends up being the five-point result as well Cooper Perrin also kicked three goals in the game and and some great performances from their big name recruiting Michael Florence he had a fantastic time in the ruck and Tyson Old was dominant as well for the Bridges so that sets them up their first win of the 2022 season and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to plenty more if they continue to play that way against some of the top, top sides. So they're probably the two biggest stories to come out of the division. Mm. Heidelberg defeated McLeod by 25 points as well. So they're now the only team in, in the competition already uh, that are 2-0. and o. Everybody else has lost as at least one match. So they have the slight advantage early in the season, which I'm sure they'll be very happy to hear about. Uh, but you yeah. spoke to Danny Nolan uh, during the week after that win, and... Um, he was pretty impressed with how he saw I went about it. Yeah,
1: I spoke with him after the match, and yeah, he was happy because it was against a McLeod side, which he believes they'll be tough every week, particularly out in their home patch at the Winton Park. Uh, yeah, he was impressed with uh, with the small forwards with the small forwards' performance as well. You know, uh, Mackenzie Hogg and Donato Cotonelli in their, only their second senior game with three goals each, which is super impressive. Well, not as impressive as James kairo's, but still pretty impre- pretty impressive given it is their second game but yeah um he was happy with the performance performances of players like dylan Clark, uh, Mackenzie hogg as well, Zane bars and one of their new recruits and matt- and matt smith he can 't he't he, can't, mm. he couldn 't sing his praises enough once more he yeah, he continues to to show why he's one of the best midfielders. And uh, yeah, a very handy win and a very handy head start for for the Tigers going 2-0 when everyone's lost at least one game, as you said, Nick.
0: And what I found interesting reading that piece was the praise he had for McLeod, which is nice to see as a, as a yeah. sportsmanship thing. But, you know, Craig Hayes, as we can already see, the turnaround he's had in, in McLeod colours so far, which is fantastic. Um, and, and they definitely put up a really good fight as well. So, you know, they didn't get the result on the scoreboard Uh,
1: But they're going to challenge a few sides this year, McLeod, and I'm very interested to see how they go. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they go too. You know, they've got a lot of talent particularly particularly up forward um he was also impressed by that old by that old guard of patty Ma- patty martin uh justin Justin, Scoo- justin scooter white and Lucas Hobbs martin and Hobbs kicked two it t- kicked four goals each as well so and they and they've been really good performance at the start of the year so it, the, despite the losses they've had they've still got a heap of ta- a heap of talent but yeah it's um I think they definitely will be hard to beat now and they've shown that these first couple of weeks.
0: And we'll talk about it later on, but it sets them up beautifully for this game against Greensboro on Good Friday. So both teams coming off losses, um, one and one So that'll be a great contest. We'll talk about a little bit later on. Bandura bounced back to beat a nice, talented Montmorency side um, in the four ten fixture. Daniel Union was the best player pretty much for Bandura. He kicked five majors um, and, and a great... Response after last week against yeah. West Preston Lakeside against a side that a lot tipped to be in that top three, top four conversation in Montmorency.
1: Yeah, it was they they would have been definitely disappointed after last week because you know they would as we said last week they were dominated for pretty much the whole contest. Mm. But yeah, they they stood tall again. They stood tall against a really good Montmorency side. A um, fast finishing final term as well 32 points to 38 uh, a total of 70 points in that final term so very open but yeah danny union he's just such a weapon up forward it. it's such a potent for it's such a potent forward line when you've got players like sam lloyd danny union john jorgensen whenever he's available to play you know jesse king kyle green all those players and yeah jesse king john jorgensen and green kicked kicked two goals each as well so um yeah, it was a great performance from Bandura Montmorency. They had some really good performances too. You know, Lin Jong. He was named best on um, in his second in his second game after a decent outing in his first game against Northcote Park, and he kicked the two goals too. So. Good to see him. Good to see him do pretty well. And yeah, Paddy Fitzgerald kicked the two goals as well. And yeah, it's 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 a bit of a disappointing loss for Montmorency. They would have had their hopes up, given how comfortably they won against Northcote Park. But yeah, it's um. Back to the drawing board for them.
0: Well, there are a few eyes on them because this was going to really be their first test with the new players coming in. Of course, yeah. Northcote Park, you know, probably not one of those sides that we talk about as being a finals contender at this stage. So, you know, up against a team against Bandura who had, you know, a strong showing in 2021, um, this was probably going to be a really good test for them. And don't get me wrong, there were some great matchups throughout the day. I think Liam Whale-Buxton has been very impressive for yeah. Montmorency since he's arrived in his first two games. And that ruck duel he would have had with Hamish Shepherd at Yulong Reserve would have been a great one to see. So um, yeah. they've, they've lost no admirers, but um, an interesting first test for them that probably didn't go the way Gary Ramsey wanted to. But again, we're two rounds in. There are pl- there's plenty of time to switch momentum and turn things around. So... Um, there's no absolutely no hope lost there for Mont here. And then finally, um, in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, it was Nor Heidelberg who also had a bounce-back win defeating Northcote Park in the 6.30 game by an even six goals. So it was nice to see the Bulldogs get their first win on the board for season 2022. And again we spoke last week about their disappointing outing against McLeod and how they were going to respond. And it was probably pivotal that they did get this result against yeah. Northcote park because, you know, it it really helps them throughout the campaign, just trying to slowly set them up, build themselves to be back in, in amongst the teams that are trying to make that top five, top six area. So it was good to see, um north heidelberg have a nice little win at Shelley street reserve um a few great players stood up brock chercott was one we know shane harvey mm-hmm. he's always one that stands up in those games jared crosby kicked three goals um so he was dominant in the forward line alongside adam brandler who was great um howden Clark was was beautiful i mean he, he is someone that i've always enjoyed watching play and he's someone that continues to really stand up for the bulldogs and you know him alongside the lights of Billy Hogan and Jesse Tardio have always made for a great, great contest,
1: um, and I'm excited to see what they can do if they continue this way as well. Yeah, it's a promising, it's a promising victory. Yeah, it's against North Kapak who I expected them to make some improvement, but not too much. Yeah, it's, it's handy because yeah, that gets them sort of out of potentially the relega- relegation talk after yeah, pretty disappointing loss last week. But for Northcote Park, they had some good performance too. Matty D'Angelo in his second game, he's, he's, made, been, good. he's been really good. He was... He was named uh, Northcote Park's best on last week, second best on last week, kicked the three goals too. He's an exciting young prospect out from the Dowder Stars alongside the likes of Alex Boyce and Jordan Schroeder. So, yeah, he's one to definitely keep a close eye on this year. You know, uh, Brain King, he kicked the two goals as well. A couple of others named in the best. Lachlan Boscarini, uh, Matt Matt Perry as well, Dominic... uh, Daniel Tallariti as well. Mm. So a couple of good performances, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a disappointing blow for North Park, who would have who would have might have come into this game hoping to cause a bit of an upset. But yeah, uh, leave Bill Laurie Oval at the end of the evening with their heads slightly down. But um, yeah, hopefully they can bounce back in the next in the next round.
0: Great to see so much competitiveness and evenness already early yeah. in this division. It really sets up for the neutral viewer an exciting season ahead. We'll head over to MC Labor Division 2 and and talk about probably the game of the round, um, maybe even an early contender for game of the season, and that was Banyul stealing yet another victory over Thomastown. Of course, in 2019, we had Devin McDonald kick the winner against Thomastown, um, and, and that one set them up to go pretty deep in September. This one, very early on, similar circumstances. Banyu led by as much as 23 points in the second quarter. Yeah. Thomastown fought their way back. They have a 13-point lead midway through to last. Then James K. Ruse, the 18-year-old, enters the scene. He kicked four last week. On debut, he goes in on Saturday to kick five, including the last three of the game, to win it for the Bears to set themselves up for a two and O start. Um, and on the flip side, Thomastown, the f- uh, first time since 2012 they've started a season O and two, so they'll be kicking themselves they didn't finish this contest. But you know, it was just awesome to be there and, and experience the crowd really getting into the action. Of course, you know, for me it was great to see to be part of the commentary team, um, let alone watch a fantastic performance. But um, these two always produced great contests this one was no different yeah. um, and and
1: the result, just shows how great these two play when they are against each other and their last two games at beverly Road over that well i wasn't here last week but the for the nfl match of the day have both been absolute rippers and yeah what a what a win from from banyol and uh, i have to say a shout out to you what a great last call as well that was such awesome stu- such awesome stuff from you and yeah it was it, you really it, it was yeah it pretty much summed up the game that yeah. last goal. I re- that last goal, I reckon, from what I from what I'm seeing, and yeah, it's not every day you get to, you see a teenager who kicked nine goals in your first two senior games, but no. it's remarkable what he's, he's done, James Cairo.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant, and he he. He linked up well with other forwards throughout the game as well. I mean, you know, Jack Langford kicked five, and he almost could have been the one to get the winner too. He yeah. was the one that actually won the free <laughs> kick inside 50, even then young James Careers comes in to win it. Um, but, you know, it was a bit of a goal fest as well. I don't think the margin hit double digits for any longer than maybe 10 minutes throughout the entire match. Anthony Capecci on the other hand, was dominant after a quiet round one. He kicked five, um, and not just with his goal scoring, but also with his positioning around the ground, and he's he's one percenters were really on show um, in in times when Thomastown needed it so that was really impressive Michael Tang kicked three yeah. Bailey Grioli in his second game He I mean sorry in his debut game um, on Saturday he kicked two very impressive goals as part of a run that Thomastown had in the third term where they kicked three goals in a minute and a half and that got them back into that game and the second term rather not the third um, Michael Lovell was also one of the best when he went down back he was pretty influential mm-hmm. Nick Biscontin was great as well so um, there were performances all around that really you know kept your eyes on the game and and to have finished like that um, obviously for Thomastown they'll be disappointed but for everybody else um, it was just a brilliant way to, to finish such a high quality game but as I said Baniel moved to 2-0 and top of the ladder yeah um, so they're really establishing themselves as a team to beat in MC Labor Division 2 and then Thomastown well it's interesting because you don't want to start 0-2 in any campaign let alone this one where teams have shown that you know they're up for the challenge this year and you know, they don't want to be behind the eight ball early. And again, it is very early into the into this competition. Um, but they'll just want to be a bit weary to make sure they don't fall back any further. Um, and they've obviously got the Good Friday game this week yeah. against Epping. Uh, in other results throughout the division, Watsonia, a bit... Walked back down to earth just a touch um, in their game against St. Mary's. St. Mary's, a bounce-back win by 40 points over the Saints at their first game at Binack Park, which was very exciting um, for everyone involved with the Watsonia Football Club. Nicholas Dean was best on for St. Mary's. He had a dominant showing. Um, He kicked three goals. One of those was... It was a very great play where he grabbed it out of the ruck being the smaller man oh, wow. and then going on to kick the goal straight from the contest. So, um, Nicholas Dean was definitely someone that was up and about for St. Mary's. But, you know, they were a side last year that, that were pretty much challenging those really top sides. And had the year gone on in its full capacity, they were every chance to sneak in a final spot. Um, and they would have been hoping for the same this year, not the
1: best start last week, but a nice bounce back Mm. win. It's definitely a nice bounce back win against, well, pretty much their next door neighbours in Watsonia. And yeah, it was... um, Yeah. Like you said, great to see some footy out at Binnack Park. You know, it's a, it's a it's a really nice venue out there. I played a bit of a junior footy out there and, yeah, it wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest, but it's great to see the improvements and great to see senior footy being played out there. You know, in, uh, one of St. Mary's new recruits, Vincent Locchisano, he showed mm. his talent with two goals, named in the best as well. I'm excited to see him in a St. Mary's shirt this year and, He'll provide X factor up forward in a midfield. I can't wait to see how he goes. And Carl Wheatley as well. He continued his hot start too with um with three goals. I think that's eight in two games now. So he's um he's definitely going to be one to keep a close eye on this year. But yeah, it's um it's a very handy win for St Mary's. who, yeah, would have been a bit disappointed with how comfortably they were defeated by Banjul last week, given how given how talented their side is and the recruits that they brought in. You would think they probably want to be a bit closer to them but yeah it's um it was yeah, it, it it's a very handy win a percentage booster as well for them so
0: Penton Hill get back on track they defeated Epping by 21 points over at Epping Recreation Reserve Brody Tickle kicked three goals in the Redbacks win and that sets them up to get their first win of the season so nice to see from Penton Hill that they're on the board early as well um, a couple of great players I mean we already spoke about Brody Tickle as well but they had some really Jackson Grimble was probably the best player on the ground over there and he he was just superb and then you know the Parks boys Oliver Parks was someone else that that really stood up when it counted Um, but Penton Hill a nice nice start um, in terms of their season I mean obviously they'll be disappointed with their round one result but to get the win in round two um, it just gives them a bit more confidence
1: it does give them a bit more confidence yeah they would have had into this game expecting to win despite Epping getting off to a good start with the win against Fitzroy Stars but yeah it's um it's good to see them bounce back with a, a pretty handy win out at Epping Recreation Reserve again uh, brody tickle i'm excited to see him as well in pen hill colors you know he just provides so much x-factor inside forward 50, and I think he will provide plenty of x-factor for them and kick. Oh, I reckon kick a significant amount of goals for them. And yeah, Ethan Gorski was named in the best as well. So, um, yeah, Sam Parks, uh, Nathan Jasper as well. A couple of their new recruits. So good to see them do well. And uh, yeah, it's a good. It's a very. It's a very handy win for them as well.
0: Eltham 2-0 as well. They beat Diamond Creek to the tune of 37 points. They might be a little disheartened, but at the same time, the Creekers only had two less scoring shots, but they kicked 5-12 to Altham's 12-7. It was Altham last week that kicked 18 behinds and couldn't kick straight, although, be it, they still managed to get the win. Um, Diamond Creek, on the other hand, they were 2-7 at three-quarter time and then kicked 3-5 in the last quarter. Unfortunately, not enough to get past Altham, and they'll be a bit disappointed with the fact they couldn't convert their opportunities on the flip side Altham they've been a bit of a dark horse haven't been spoken about too much as one of those teams that are really going to try and contend in MC Labor Division 2 but they continue about their business Matty Byron's suiting Altham Colors nicely he's kicked two more goals um, on the weekend Anton Woods had another superb showing Um, Daniel Horsfield a young young guy that's been in the Altham Juniors right from the start he's really settled himself now in this Altham side, Braden Taglieri was another one that was really dominant as well for the Panthers, and a two-and-zero start is exactly what they'll be looking for to really make sure that they are in the conversation as one yeah. of those Premiership
1: contenders. Definitely is, and yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a blow for Diamond Creek, because you know they were coming off such a terrific win at, away from home against uh, against Thomas Town the previous week, but yeah, it's. Um, Altham, I was amazed when I saw they kicked twelve, got the twelve goals, seven, and kept Diamond Creek to five goals. Twelve. Usually, it's the other way around, but yeah, it's um, Daniel Owen as well. He kicked, the, he kicked the most goals of four, of four well, on the day with yep. three. He's uh, he's an exciting young prospect too. So they got a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent. They showed that they sh- their talent showed on the weekend than in the previous and in round one too. And Hopefully, hopefully for Eltham fans' sake, they can continue to show show plenty of promise this season.
0: And then finally, Lower Plenty definitely made a statement after their shock loss last week, (laughs) defeating the Fitzroy Stars. By 102 points, Billy Barden was—it was his first game for the year. He was welcomed back to the side. He kicked six. Tom Keys kicked five. Corey Sleep kicked three. It was just that tall timber in the forward line for Lower Plenty, doing the job and, and having no problems with it against a rebuilding Fitzroy Stars team. Um, But although Nathan Lovett Murray was probably their best player as well um, for the Fitzroy Stars and his leadership on and off field will no doubt continue to benefit the Fitzroy Stars for the long run. We'll take a quick break here on the NFNL podcast. Plenty more right after this. The Meadows Conference and Event Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Welcome back to the NFNL podcast. We'll move along to Heidelberg Golf Club Division three and the talk of the town has to be the game that was played at Leyalora Reserve between the Bloods and Reservoir. Reservoir got the win, their first win um, in five years. Josh, it was just incredible. We had our reporter Doug Long out there, and he just described those scenes as as emotional, jubilant, exciting. Um, Thirty-one points, they won it as well, so it wasn't you know a little win as well. It was a nice, comfortable result. Um, over this Laylaw side and they would be absolutely wrapped with the result not just for them but for the reserves who also won against yeah. Laylaw. so both teams getting the result um, brilliant to see for everybody involved and we'll speak to Justin George in a little while in the program but Josh you know when you've been around the league for a while and you there's these clubs that that haven't had as much success on field and you know that they've been battling and they've been you know they haven't been giving up they've been trying to get these sides fielded every single week every single year and they they keep showing up even if the losses are pretty substantial um to see them get that result um it definitely you know tugs on the heartstrings a little bit um and a great result for the league as well
1: yeah oh, when I saw that result it it put a it put a tear in my eye because yeah they from what I've heard and seen, they've been through hell, they've been through hell these last couple of years of Reservoir. You know, not being in the league in 2016, coming back in, in 2017, and having well, only getting pretty much the one win on their return, and not picking up a win in such a long time. It's definitely hard for the club, for the players, and but yeah, it was just great to see, great to see them get the win. It's thoroughly deserved. They've gone through a bit of change. It's good to see. It's had a positive impact on the weekend. Um, it's also their first victory outside of Chris Park since t- since that 2015 Grand mm-hmm. Final they won. So, yeah, it's a significant a significant day for the club, and yeah, it, it shows that they're definitely on the up. And uh, it's unfortunate for Leylar because it looks like they'll have the, they'll be the ones that struggle this year.
0: Um, Tom Holloway, their captain, was the best on ground. Really, for Reservoir, kicked three goals. Um, and, and he was he just led from the front. There was a few others in, in terms of Jack Smith. That was really impressive. Uh, Dylan Cornfield was another one that's, that had a nice showing as well. So it was really great to see everyone at Reservoir band together, and there'll be a lot of eyes on them to see how they build from this uh, both on and off field, and, and hopefully it's all for the better. So um, a great win for Reservoir, and, and as I said, it won't be long before we speak to their head coach, in Justin George. The other big result in this game, uh, sorry in this division rather was the Kilmore-Lorimer result. Now this was very interesting because um, it looked as though Kilmore had this sewn up at three quarter time. They had a 14 point lead um, and that would have been a great result for them considering Lorimer uh, another one of those sides that a lot expect to be the main challenger to South Morang in the division. But Lorimer as they, as they seem to do they, they got their way back into the contest it was a 3 goal to 1 last quarter they actually had 8 scoring shots but they just got in and I believe it was Mitch Thompson or no it was Ethan Frawley rather that kicked the winner uh, for Lorimer and, and sealed their 4 points and, but Mitch Thompson was the one that had such an impressive showing and we, we know why he's, he's always been a dominant player not just in the club but in the league as well he's an MVP winner on 2 occasions so um, Important win for Lorimer. Uh, very impressive for them to come back. Kilmore will be just a little disheartened that they couldn't finish the job.
1: They will be, and yeah, this is even more significant because it's out at, at what is a very hard ground to play at, at JJ Clancy Reserve, and yeah, this um, it gives them so much. It gives this side so much confidence. Oh, I would have thought Kilmore would be the challengers. You know, Lorimer they they lost the couple. they gained. You know. Again, Nathan Andrews from Little C, Yeah, but I, I think the losses uh, outweighed the outweighed the um the. The inns. but yeah, it's um it gives them a lot of confidence heading into the rest heading into the rest of the season. I definitely think now they're going to be the challenges for uh, to to South Morang's I'll throw in and Scott Swindles as well. He continued his good start for Kilmore this year. Um, seven he's kicked seven goals in two games now. Um, well four goals here. It's a bit of a similar start to what he did in 20, 2018. twenty eighteen. Uh, we'll be interesting to see if he can find that find that form and be that. Uh, key, be that key um, forward up there, and yeah, he's. Um, it's a bit of a blow for Kilmore. They will be definitely disappointed. After. Yeah,
2: Scott Swindles is now equal top in the league for goals with seven.
0: Ten point margin at three quarter time, and they definitely had some opportunities to get themselves back into it, but South Morang too strong in the last term, able to get the win. Alex Koleidis was the one that got the three goals for South Morang. He was probably one of the better players on the day. New recruit Nathan Stefano kicked two and was dominant up forward and in the ruck as well as we've seen him do many times in Whittlesey colors and yeah. he's continuing to do the same here um, in South Morang colors. So that was great to see on their behalf. Alan Young kicked five for Heidelberg West, which is also very impressive for the Hawks and kept them in the contest Throughout the game, and then the last result in that competition was Old Eltham Collegians bouncing back in a big way defeating Mernda by 53 points away from home and that gets them their first win of the campaign a much needed one after going down last week Um, and some of their new recruits were the better players on the day no doubt Matthew Keyes kicked three um, and was pretty high up in the coaches votes as well Nicholas Milne was one that was very dominant and his forward craft and his ability to win the ball was just superb for the Turtles and And Mernda, well, they're starting to fall away a little bit now. Again, a, a pretty heavy loss, albeit some nice performances from the likes of Anthony Bradford and Josh Mazzarella But they'll, they'll be a little bit concerned that they don't want to fall too far off from those top teams. Again, we, we'll keep speaking about the fact that it's very early into the season. So, you know, there's obviously a lot that can be changed in the next month or so, but um, Old Alford Collegians a nice win and, and really continues their hopes to challenge and, and possibly make that final spot.
1: Definitely does, and yeah, another of the big name recruits as well. Tom Rogers he continued yes. his excellent start to the year, named in the best once more and kicked his first goal in the turtle shirt. And player that has come back to the club Ben Gill he kicked his he kicked his he kicked two goals first two goals on on return. I think Matthew Keys. Uh, that was an impressive performance. It, 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 yeah, Matt. Yeah, when I spoke with his coach, with the old Eltham coach Matt Sleeman, late last year, he said he would play him as a bit more of a swingman role. And yeah, these first two weeks have shown that he definitely will be bit of a swing man so yeah it's it's a good performance from him gives him it gives him a lot of confidence that he can play down back and up forward this year with the three with the three goals and a good performance down back last week and yeah Nick Milner I'm excited to see him play for Old Altham that was a massive late signing for, from Hurstbridge and yeah just showed his ta- just showed his talent on the weekend
0: We'll now hear from the senior men's coach of the Reservoir Football Club, Justin George, after their victory over Lailor, their historical and emotional win, their first win in five years. And Justin George has been nice enough to join us now. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Reservoir Football Club, Justin George. Justin, thank you so much for coming on after the big win on Saturday.
2: Oh, thanks very much, Nick. My pleasure.
0: Just, I guess the first one, you know, it's, it's been such a while for the club, as you would know, to um, to get this win. Describe to me the emotions and, and the joy, and the celebrations that occurred after the final siren. We we had one of our reporters down there, and he he described it as jubilant, and I'm sure. In, one, in some ways, there was a lot of excitement and, and happiness about the win, but maybe on the other end, there would have been a bit of relief to get a win like that added away early in the year. Tell me about your emotions and, and the team's as well once the final siren went.
2: Oh look, the, the the team were very excited and rightly so. They played really well. Um, I've been at this Cape for a pretty long time, so I'm fairly measured. Yeah, so I think you know my re- emotion is more relief that the game's over and we got through unscathed and and we got the result, which is great. Um, but certainly for our supporters and our members and our committee and all the people who've stuck by Reservoir, it was a it was an emotional and a uh, and a, a very exciting time for the club. I mean, especially because we got two wins. I mean, the reserves did a fantastic job to come from behind at three quarter time to win their game, um, which built from that. Um, Mick Cremory, Reserves coach and life member. He had to lead the boys in the song. Oh. <laughs> we didn't have too many who knew the words, and yeah. so we didn't. We only had about one, I think, player who's actually ever sung it before. So it was uh, it was pretty exciting um, from that perspective. But yeah, look, I've got to admit, it was one of the loudest uh, change rooms I, I can ever remember. Um, so it was really quite exciting from that perspective for the club.
0: Obviously, after the, the round one result, you would have had a look at this game against Layla or a side that are in similar terms to you success-wise in the last few years. And, and even being, that being the case, um, hadn't beaten them in a few years until Saturday. What was the focus heading into that one? Was it, was it a sense of a win-at-all-costs type of game? Did, did you and the boys really sense this as an opportunity to, to make a stand and make up for that round one defeat and, and hopefully build something from it?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, the result was a little misleading in round one. Um, we'd actually played quite well. Um, but when we did our match review on Tuesday night, our captain Tom Holloway made a really good point. Um, when Lorimer really put the sword to us in the third quarter, we sort of reverted to type and, um, and went back into our shells and, and reverted back to the, to the way that we'd played football in past years. So our focus all week was on making sure that we were playing the football that we'd practised and that we'd played through our practice match program and and that we were doing the things the way we wanted to do them. Um, and that was our focus. Um, I mean the focus all week was on discipline, discipline in our performance, in our structure, in our positioning, uh, which fell away badly under the pressure of Lorimer in the second half. Um, but I thought we were really good at maintaining that all day on Saturday um, so I was really pleased that that was what we were about I mean it wasn't winning all costs we, everyone wanted to win obviously we want to win every game we play but it's more to me about the, um, the education that we're on we're a very very young team um, and not just in terms of age in terms of football experience um, so they're learning every game they play um, and that's the journey we want to be on that they just keep improving every week
0: you mentioned your skipper there. There was a couple of other leaders that stood up, particularly on Saturday. Jack Smith was one. Saint uh, Zane Polizzi-Thompson was another that um, was had a fantastic game on Saturday. How important have they been leadership-wise to the club? You, you mentioned it's a young team, both in age and in experience. How important have, have they been to the culture of the club and, and how well can they be utilised throughout the year on and off field?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, they're massively important. Jack Smith's an elite player at this level, and we know that, and he's had a blistering start to the season. And and Zane as well, um, you know, part of our leadership group. But, you know, Robbie Holland, our deputy vice-captain, stood up really well at centre-half back and played a terrific game for us. Um, And all the leadership have been great. Um, It's one of the things that I focused on was finding some leaders to impart their knowledge. Um, You know, Nathan King leads our back line really well with Damien Petrucciani. And uh, since Damien's come back, he's been just outstanding with his ability to impart knowledge to younger players. Um, Dylan Cornford um, is a playing assistant coach for us, so he's got a wealth of knowledge. He's played you know elite level football. Um, he comes back. He's really good at making sure we keep our structures together up forward. And obviously, I've got Jack and Zane. Um, around the middle of the ground. So we've set the the, the leadership up in, in a way that we've got all our zones covered and we think we've got some really experienced, talented players in those zones for the young kids to learn from. So, so far, that's been really important for us in our development.
0: You mentioned just before about the reserves winning as well, which was fantastic, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that really added to the joy that the club experienced on Saturday. How can... The whole club really build from those two performances. I mean, you know, there's obviously some very talented sides in Division 3 and I'm sure you'll you'll take it week by week. But what's the plan going on from here? Obviously, there's a week off now, so you you won't have any games this week. But um, how do you ensure that momentum continues to be built um, throughout the campaign?
2: Well, we keep focused on what our goals are for the year. Um, And our goals aren't based on wins and losses. We're just not in a position to worry about that too much. So our goal is based on our improvement. I think the big change at the club is we've made a concerted effort to find young players who want to be part of this. Um, so they're looking to learn all the time. And I think for the first time in a long time, the Reservoir Football Club has a squad of players where there's pressure on for spots now. Uh, we've got players that are not just being played out of necessity, they're being played because they're earning a spot on the senior side. Um, and we have a number of players in the reserve side on Saturday who are pushing for senior selection which, again, right, promotes that growth in a club and promotes that competition for spots and, and promotes and propels you forward. Uh, and that's what we're, we're looking to do. Um, we're under no illusions about where we are. We're one and one but you know we've got to play some... There's some really good teams in this division. Um, and Kilmore's going to be a huge test for us in our home opener on Saturday week. And you know, we've just got to keep improving and being able to be really competitive with these good sides.
0: And just finally, Justin, on yourself, obviously you've, you've had a lot of coaching roles throughout Victoria in the last little while and, and you're new to the caper here at the NFNL, but it's great to see the work you've done already so far. How have you personally found your experience so far coaching in this division with, with a club like Reservoir? And, and, and yeah, just tell us a bit about your experiences. It would have been a bit of disruption, of course, at the end of last year, start of this year with, with COVID and, and all the, um, the rules that have to go with that. But um, personally, How have you found your experience coaching the site?
2: Yeah, look, it's never easy at a club like this. I've done this job before, rebuilding clubs, and um, it's never an easy or a a, uh, smooth um, path to get to this point. Um, You know, pre-season started off quite slowly, um, but we've managed to build through our intra-club schedule and then through our practice match schedule, we built some real momentum going into round one, Um, You know, we fielded uh, two sides in round one. We didn't quite get the results that we were looking for. But then again, you know, we've been able to strengthen the squad each week. Um, So we're attracting new players to the club all the time, which is really important. Um, And the uh, players have have led the way with that, with Adam Smith, our football manager, and um, Tom Madden and Ben O'Brien, our new president and vice president. It's been a bit of a new broom at Reservoir. Um, So we're all sort of new. And I just put a line in the sand and said, look, we're not going to talk about the past. We're only going to talk about the future and what we're trying to build. And you can be on board with this and you can join in with what we're doing or, you know, you can watch from the sidelines. And that's totally your choice. But we only want people to be involved at Reservoir who want to do right by the club. Um, and I think, you know, that's been – that's a really difficult thing to change in a mindset where, you know, you, you're at a club that hasn't had much success. Well, people just – you know, that they assume they're going to just be able to rock up and play and there's not going to be too much of an issue. And we're trying to change that you know, It's slowly, 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 as you know. But, um, you know, that's the job we signed on for. So all of us are committed to doing this. We've committed for a period of years. Um, And we want to see the club move forward and have success.
0: Justin, great to hear from you and all the happenings there at Reservoir after the big win on Saturday. And we're looking forward to seeing how you'll continue to develop the side, not just this year, but hopefully for many years to come. Justin George, thank you for joining the NFNL podcast.
2: Thanks very much, Nick. Talk soon.
0: You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll move along to the second round of the women's grading competition, which saw some nice results throughout all the teams that played and we're halfway through grading now which will give us a little bit more of an insight into what divisions the teams end up being in but there were some great results we had two Friday night games which yeah. always love a Friday night game Josh, very good to see that the NFNL continued to use the Friday night slot and we had two games on that occasion. Banuel and St. Mary's were the winners on those two Friday night games and that, that gives a nice start to both of those teams. Banuel and St. Mary's, both of them now 2-0 and in the competition as well. So some nice Friday night results for them and then looking across the rest of the grading campaign, the Fitzroy Stars and another team that are 2-0 and and had a very nice win over Darabin 2 very impressive um, away from home against a, an established side in the competition like Darabin, albeit their second side, but didn't kick a goal in the first quarter, Fitzroy stars, and then went on to kick five goals to two for the rest of the game to seal the result and continue their unbeaten start to the competition, which is great to see from everybody involved at the stars. Um, Darabin won, on the other hand, were able to get the win over Holterberg, won by 39 points. Uh, West Preston Lakeside 2, a tough game against Lorimer, but they were able to get the win in the end. They won it by six points. They were down by that goal at three-quarter time, and then they were just able to kick two straight to be able to get another win on the board for them. And then moving through the other games, we've got uh, Diamond Creek Women's 1, who were pretty... Uh, pretty dominant in that one they had a comfortable yeah. win over at Lower Plenty Bandura who albeit have a talented side to their name as well but 126 point margin just shows the dominance they continue to have and they have had on the competition in the women's in the last few years. We had Wallen defeat Heidelberg 2 uh, by a pretty comfortable margin as well, a 54 point win for them. Montmorency 1 defeated West Preston Lakeside 1 um, in a nice little battle there. That was a 26 uh, sorry 24 point win for Montmorency 1. Mernda are also 2-0. and o. They were, yeah. you know, a mid-range side in Division 3 in the women's comp last year, but they've had, they've started beautifully um, with an 11-point win for them. And then Whittlesey defeated Diamond Creek Women's 2 at home um, to the tune of 29 points. So some great results across the board there. Um, anything that caught your eye in that competition, there, Josh? Uh-huh.
1: What's caught my eye so far is the th- the three top sides in d- in Division Three from last year: Banyol, Fitzroy Stars, and and Mernda, starting their seasons two and mm-hmm. I think the more impre- more impressive it's been. I think m- the most impressive wins have been from Fitzroy Stars. You know they played Whittlesea, who played Division One last year. Now yep. Darab and Two, who were up there in Division 2 and at uh, Banyol it's a good win against it's a good win against Eltham, albeit Eltham have had their struggles early on and a comfortable win against Durban two. I think I mean if they get if they get another if they start the season 4-0 and iron against and or 3-0 three, three and iron, if they get win, if they play another um Another decent, another decent side from either Division Two and Division One. I. I think they could potentially be up in Division Division One this mm. year. Canberra and Fitzroy stars Mernda That's a pretty impressive win. Uh, Amira Gen- Amira Gentle, she kicked four goals. To seven. All two, four of them. All four of them as well. Yeah, and she's kicked seven in two games as well. So she's had a very good start to the season. So. And-
0: Natalie Todaro and Ruby Somerville were also two very impressive names in that murder win. They're 2-0. Very big potential for them to be a Division 2 side at the least if they continue on this merry way, Will be albeit yeah. um, the, the Round 3 fixtures haven't come out yet. Obviously, there'll be no competition this weekend due to Easter, but... Mm. There's some very exciting matchups there to be had um, and I'm very intrigued to see which teams end up being placed in which divisions because there's a lot of good sides throughout the women's competition and and no doubt they'll bring some great performances throughout the campaign. And just before we wrap up this edition of the... NFNL podcast we have three good Friday games to look forward to um, this week we've got the first one which will end up being the NFNL match of the day out at War Memorial Park between Greensboro and McLeod we mentioned it earlier in the program both sides coming off losses um, and both sides winning in round one so it's a nice even match up a very intriguing
1: one um, and I'm looking forward to seeing who gets on top. What are you looking forward to in that one the most? I'm very excited. I'm just excited to see how these two sides match up. You know, both, I reckon, gonna, Greensboro, they'll definitely be up there again. McLeod, they're going to show... Um, that I reckon they're going to show that they can be. They're not going to be an easy beat, and um, they're not gonna, they're, um, they're going to... They're going to... They could potentially make finals. I'm excited to see the system... That, that um, Hayes that their coach Hayes has implemented at the at the side and um, yeah because Danny Nolan spoke very highly of that system and I, I think, I'm very excited to see that. I'm also excited to be back in the crew, of course after missing out on a Ripper game last week. Um, but yeah that is a very exciting matchup out at War Memorial Park.
0: The other one in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One is the North heidelberg Bandura game and and the Bulldogs again coming off a, a much needed victory over Northcote Park coming up against a rearing hot Bandura side who were too good for Montmorency so that looks to be a very juicy matchup and I think for that for mine that's going to be interesting to see where North Holderberg are at after that game we probably get a bit more of a better idea after three matches Um, and and two of those being against OK sides now coming up against a more quality side in Bandura so um, looking forward to seeing how that one plays out and then Thomastown well they'll need to bounce back and they're not going to have much time to dwell on the defeat on Saturday they've got hosting rights for the Good Friday game against Epping um, this yeah on this week. Of course, it's on a Friday, seeing as it's Good Friday. But, um, yeah, the Bears will need to bounce back in a big way. Um, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it against an Epping side that, you know, have challenged bigger teams before. Um, and they'll need to make sure that they don't get pushed away too hard. Um, or else, you know, Thomastown, very risked, risky to start at a season 0-3, albeit... I'm sure they'll get some names back throughout the week as well into that team, but um, yeah, Thomastown Epping Josh, what, what do we make
1: of this one? It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting matchup. Yeah, Thomastown. I'll be coming into this game expecting to, you know, perform well, but they don't. They can't go into this game with a we're going to win attitude. With a, we're going to win attitude, if they do, then that will that will cause that will might cause them to be shocked by Epping. Uh, Epping. They will definitely put up a challenge. They did that against Penn Hill who have have made a bit of improvement this off season are side that could be potentially one up there challenging for finals this year and um yeah i think they're going to they're going to need to oh, they might need a quick start as well they need to hold their lead as they'll need to hold their lead as well which was their downfall last weekend but yeah it's um that, if they don't get the win there yeah it's 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 definitely a long way back for the bears
0: that's all we have time for on this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. Thank you to Josh Ward for coming on as always. Looking forward to the game on Friday. Cannot wait for that game and g- cannot wait to be back on the crew. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.